he's a midfielder and uh, I think uh, he's a midfielder. Ladies, gentlemen, boys and girls, cats and dogs, and welcome back to another week of A Bit Spursy. I'm Barney. I'm Dan. And we have three games to cover um, because the fixture list is insane. Actually, four games, but we'll get the fourth one out of the way quickly. Arsenal lost in the FA Cup to <laughs> Forest, which is just hilarious. That's great. I was about to say, oh, my gosh, there's been so many games I've completely missed one here. So I had a mild <laughs> panic for about three seconds, and I'm scrolling up and down my sheet going, hang on, wait, where's the fourth game? What's going on? What's going on? Uh, but, yeah, it's so great seeing them lose to Forest and – and going out, especially as they've kind of been up on their high horse a little bit lately since they've had a, you know, a tidy little run of games. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's nice to see them, yeah, get knocked out of the cup, which they usually do relatively well in, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's fantastic to see all the the ex-many-time winners, Arsenal, the the record holders, coming up against Nottingham Forest. Um, <laughs> and, like, also with all the hype because they were good for 30 minutes against City. Um, <laughs> to see that all just crumble down is phenomenal. Trust the process, Barney. Trust the po- process. Trust the process. I mean, not that we were good in our FA Cup game. We were pretty <laughs> shocking. but We're we in no win. position to throw stones, right? <laughs> No, right no, now. we are not. <laughs> but we, we will still not. we will still stubbornly stand outside our glass house and throw stones at whoever we can find. Exactly. I think that's that's the Tottenham way to stand outside the glass house and throw projectiles, knowing how vulnerable <laughs> you are. <laughs> and it's like our glass is extremely thin and a lot thinner than some of these other teams' glass houses. So mm. it's a dangerous game to start playing, but we've got to live in these moments right now and. Um, you know when our last title is the uh, the prestigious Outer Cup 2019, still the title mm. holders, of course. Um, we've you know any anything we can get, well, let's celebrate. Yeah, exactly. And I think, like like you said, it's not only thin, but the glass is it's the opposite of shatterproof, where it shatters into such fine pieces that for weeks afterwards you're still finding glass wedged in your skin. Yeah, so this glass has been made to shatter specifically. Mm-hmm. Yep, 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 yep. But not in a safe way. It's not like that um, sugar glass. It's it's very dangerous. <laughs> Extremely dangerous. So, yeah, um, yeah. that basically sums up Tottenham Hotspur. Yeah, there um, you go. For any new listeners, that's uh, that's the club. <laughs> <laughs> should we start off with the games or should we start off with the other stuff that is surrounding Spurs at the moment? I think maybe we um, go through the games a little bit um, just to sort of catch up on those. Um, Sweet, because we've had a f- we've had three games, three different competitions, um, and mixed results, but mm-hmm. still in a way like overall, it's weird. So like overall, good results if you just look at them on paper in terms of the scoreline. Um, the Chelsea game not not good, obviously, but like you know we can't really complain too much. Have two wins from three, but I think the manner in which these games have happened, um, that's what kind of just feels a bit like there's a sour taste in the mouth at the moment. Um, talk, like it doesn't feel like we're playing well at all. And so mm. it it feels like almost we're just on a slide, but it's good that we've managed to scrape through in a few of these games. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Like 
starting with the with the Watford game, like it was it wasn't good. Having said that, if you look at the stats that are the stats that are usually used uh, on television coverage, we had 21 attempts, nine on target, to six attempts and four on target, 75% possession. We had f- almost 500 more passes. Um, at <laughs> p- passing accuracy, despite having 500 more passes, is greater by 20%. <laughs> like, you know, like all those indicators are there. That match was an absolute slog to watch. Oh, definitely. And I mean, look, we're not criticizing Watford for parking the bus. Um, mm. This wasn't even parking the bus. This was building a full-on bus shelter um, <laughs> and getting a whole new fleet of greyhounds in there. Um, and I think greyhound, they're the buses, aren't they? They yeah, sure are. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there we go. Uh, <laughs> shout out to greyhounds. <laughs> Shout out to Greyhound. Um, I, I like the idea of a, like a group of, you know, like there's like a herd of cows. The yeah. Greyhounds would be a fleet of Greyhounds as well. Yeah, definitely. Mm. I think so. I think look, it, it works both ways. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was like we've spoken recently about this, that we need to expect that certain teams are going to really sit back and, and drop deep against us. And we can't really hate on them for doing that or call it anti-football or anything like that because you have a team like Watford who are in such desperate need of points. Um, like they, a draw at home for them is a great result. So <laughs> of course they're going to, you know, um, play for that a little bit right now. And it's just on us to sort of find ways around that, but you know, teams do it because it's an effective way to play and it stops a lot of teams from doing it. You know, we had, I think in my, to me, maybe the most disappointing thing about this was that like, I didn't think, feel like our crossing was very good. Um, mm. so like both from Emerson and Reggie and mm. it, like, again, if you put crossing into a crowded box, what are you sort of really expecting? But at the same time, I think if we've got better crosses there, there is a chance that we do get ahead on something earlier. And if we get a goal early in this game, then it completely changes it because then Watford have to open up and then we tear them apart and we sort of win, you know, four or five nil. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. I think the scariest thing for me was that uh, they had clearly decided that they could give um, Emerson as much space as he could possibly want and he would be ineffective. And that was such a slam on <laughs> and our system to see him just in acres of space at all times and unable to have any kind of real effect Um that was pretty scary because if Ranieri and Watford are going to do that, that is a signal to everyone else in the league, you know, because it almost worked um, that that is a way that we can be uh, completely nullified, which we almost were. Oh, definitely. And I think what it really sort of showed was that, you know, having a lack of a, another right wing back that we can actually bring on and who can attack a bit more um, like it feels like, from a lot of Spurs fans' perspective, I mean, I don't want to speak for other people, but I don't think a lot of us knew a huge amount about Emerson before he came in. Mm. Like there was no, there were no sort of experts who had sort of followed his journey um, really up until, you know, we became interested in him. And yeah, it just sort of seems like we, we don't really know exactly what all of his strengths are at this stage and what his weaknesses are, but maybe now we're starting to see a little bit of what that is. Like we've seen him maybe get beaten once or twice previously. And we're like, okay, cool. That could be a little bit of a weakness there. But then apart from that, he's been relatively solid and like his general play, especially like bringing the ball up pitch, like is pretty decent. And 
Um, like I, I still think he's a good player, but we're sort of seeing now like when we've really got an opportunity to go sort of like help for leather against a team and really sort of get at them with our wingbacks. Um, he doesn't just doesn't seem like he's the sort of wingback that is suited to playing like that. He's like uh, the the Ben young Ben Davis version on the right side where we've gone from Aurier where it was like you're either going to have an absolute gem of a game or you're going to make a stupid tackle, get sent off, and uh, we're going to have a penalty against us. Whether Emerson is much more reliable um, but doesn't have the same attacking threat um, and clearly his crossing is is an issue. But I, I, I'm not – I still think he was a good purchase, um, but in the uh, – desperate for someone on the right, which I assumed would have been Lucas or Bergvine by now playing in that wing-back role, which just hasn't happened at all. Um, and, you know, hearing about apparently we want to sell Bergvine, that, that's not going to happen. Uh, so hopefully we do buy someone. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's interesting, yeah, because we were talking when sort of Conte first came in and we were saying, oh, could we see Lucas go push over to sort of a right wing back? Um, I think overall, like, you know, Lucas has been playing pretty well in the middle um, for the most part and giving us just sort of so much energy through there that it maybe seems like if uh, our other players in that sort of area of the pitch had actually sort of kicked on and were giving us a lot more in terms of consistency and then maybe it could have been a thing where Lucas was sort of pushed out wide, but it almost seems like he's sort of too vital to us at the moment um, to have him there. And he does like a really good job when he usually like sort of receives the ball and he turns really well and he sort of just gets attacks going through there. So yeah, I think, you know, Conte's obviously figured out that's where he kind of wants to play Lucas. Um, And then Bergwijn, we're hearing things that, okay, he's, he's being played as a, as a striker a little bit, maybe to try him out. I, I just feel like Cote is just constantly testing our players now to, to sort of just see like, well, can they play, uh, can they play there? Let's see. Um, and it's always going to be difficult in, you know, one or two games just to sort of put them in a position and see how they go. But yeah, it's like, obviously, you know, one of those players would have been tried at, at right wing back by now if Conte saw something in them for that. Um, but yeah, the fact as well that like, you know, he's like you know now getting games on the left <laughs> as well it's kind of like well, all right well we definitely need someone else to come in there and again yeah it's no slide on emerson i think like what you said like it's still a good purchase overall but with how conte plays and with how we want to play like we need two two wingbacks definitely yeah yeah totally um and i get the i get the idea i get the idea of doherty on the left i can see what uh the potential is but what i assumed we would get from conte is similar to the liverpool game where it's like he's doing what and then it works really well whether with that i'm like yeah i can see what you're doing it's not working bro stop yeah (laughs) Um, Uh, uh, definitely i think i was going to say like the other thing that really stood out to me in this game too was um and I guess we've kind of been like seesawing a little bit on Hoybier and Skip playing together um, in midfield. And I think, I still think against particular teams, like maybe if, maybe if it's a team we're playing where we are expecting them to have the ball more than we will. And we're talking about like a city of Liverpool, something like that, you know, um, maybe they are, but having them both in there is going to be beneficial for us. But when we're playing these teams where like they are letting us have the ball and they are sitting back, 
I just feel like Skip and Hoybier in there, it's just too sort of like def- defensive in there. Even if Hoybier is pushing on, um, even with Skip looking to like sort of pass and go forward, it just seems like, yeah, maybe we can just use one of them right now. And it's funny enough, it's like Winks is the player who's coming in and he seems to really like, you know, get things going at the moment when he does sort of like, you know, come on. My boy, <laughs> my, my new boy. Um, yeah, I, I agree. And I, I don't like that Hoybier is the one going forward and Skip's the one sitting back because I think it should be the other way around. Um, and we're sort of seeing, especially on uh, Spurs Twitter at the moment, a real uh, shift in the opinion um, of Pierre. With uh, He's becoming sort of the new scapegoat. Um, and I don't think that's... Also, like, he's not been very good. Um, so I can see where it's coming from. He's just played so many games, like, mm. over, you know, since he sort of signed for Spurs. Um, like, so many games. And I feel like... You know, he was he was looking decent, like sort of the start of the season. But to me, he just looks tired. Like he just needs yeah. he just needs a bit of a rest. And I think that you know the problems we've had in midfield, where we have had like you know Ndombele, who we're going to go into a bit more detail later on, um, Lacelso. We've had these players who, for various reasons, aren't playing. Um, and Winks as well was out in the cold, basically with the last few managers that we had. Um, but then now he's come in as like a viable option to actually still, you know, um, be getting some game time in there. But yeah, it just strikes me that, you know, Pierre needs a bit of a rest sometimes. And, mm-hmm. um, like with anyone, it's like, it's, it's, we're sometimes a little bit harsh on who we're criticizing and, you know, someone's really, really tired. And instead of going, all right, cool, we'll get you a rest. It's like, well, no, you were a mistake to sign. You are horrible. <laughs> yeah. You are the worst player we've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, is, it is absolutely like that level of histrionics where instead of being like, there are so many factors that are uh, contributing to why this particular player is maybe going through a bad run of form, instead it's like, they're done or um, <laughs> they are cheating Spurs fans, we bought them for this and they can't do it. It's like, well, hang on, hang on a minute. <laughs> Let's just take, just take a breath and a step back. Yeah. Um, should we move on to the, the Chelsea? Uh, well, I think we should probably just do very quickly the uh, Bits Busy Metal votes oh, on this game. Of course. Um, yeah. So, more so just to get it out of the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's just get it done. Let's, <laughs> Let's get do it. it done. Um, yeah. So, I, I can kick things off. So, um, very quickly for this, I'm giving three points to Sanchez uh, mm-hmm. for the goal that he scored. And also, I, I thought he was relatively decent for the things he had to deal with in this game. Um, two, two for Loris. Um, for he had a really good save from King's shot, and then also that penalty claim, which was a good save. He came out really well, um, and like that would have been so heartbreaking <laughs> if we lose that game, like on a on a break when we, you know, we just have so much of the possession. Um, Son, get the assist for Sanchez. Um, I still, you know, Son. Well, now he's injured, but um, he was kind of like, even though he was scoring goals in December and 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 you know getting a few assists too, like. It's still not real son. Um, mm. So hopefully, you know, we, we get him sort of back. And, and again, maybe a player is just a bit sort of over overworked as well. Um, I think encouragement award, give that to Kane. Uh, he had a few chances, but it still didn't really click for him. But he was sniffing about a bit. Another encouragement award to Winks. Because uh, mm-hmm. I think he came on and it, he's becoming this player who comes on and like provides us with some nice energy um, when he's playing now. And which is, it's... 
I guess it's and it's seeming like productive energy. Um, whereas maybe in the past he might have come in and added a bit of that, but it was just going nowhere. So it just seemed sort of um, wasteful. Um, yeah, and then I'm giving minus one to both uh, Reggie and uh, Emerson just for the crossing. It's just like you know you've got to be better than that, especially Emerson when you like you said he's given so much time, uh, so much time to put them in, and it's it's just not great. But yeah, they're the they're the votes for the Watford game. Fantastic. Mine are going to be very similar. Um, I am going to give three to uh, Sanchez for the goal. He was pretty serviceable for the whole game. He didn't have that much to do, but did it well. I think that maybe there was one sliding tackle that he made, and I might be confusing this. There's so many games. Whether it was in this game or not, um, <laughs> it's going to contribute to uh, his votes. And also just his celebrations are so funny. It's like this <laughs> It's like this hard man who doesn't get the credit he deserves that doesn't even bother to celebrate because he's just getting the job done. And it's like, bro, <laughs> you're not a very good centre-back for us. <laughs> um, and I just love that he that, – that's how he uh, that's how he decides to celebrate. I'm going to give two to Winks because uh, it comes on – Right, he becomes this like uh, a box to box esque winks that I haven't seen since the uh, famous Audi Cup. So um, yeah, I'm really really pleased to see to see that. And then I'm gonna give one. Um, God, it's hard to give. I'm gonna give one to Larice because of like you said the the save and just general. He's like probably been the most consistent performer. Him and Skip maybe for Tottenham this year and and he doesn't get that credit because it's just expected um, and in terms of encouragement awards I just want to want to heal because um, he's slowly sort of being more uh, prominent within the team and I really want to see more of him um, and that's my only encouragement award negatives uh, yeah just one for Emerson because like bro like you know I <laughs> I'm not a professional footballer, but I would at least get one that was closer than what he did. I always love those arguments of like, hey, look, I'm not a professional footballer, but yeah. I yeah. would have put that top bins if I was there yeah. on the break, you know? Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, and you're like drawing from multiple matches or yeah. like your whole career rather than one game <laughs> where one time you put in a perler by a complete fluke. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So it's that like, well... That's yeah. my base level now. That's what I'm yeah. capable of. <laughs> that's, what, that's where I'm at. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's uh, that's exactly what I was doing, and those are my votes. Great. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Cool. Let's move on to Chelsea. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, not good. Um, yeah. I think this was a really painful game to watch, mm-hmm. and it sort of felt like I ha- – I don't know about you, Bunny, but I had like an oh-no moment in probably like I think minute four or five mm-hmm. when we just saw how much Chelsea were like all over us and like the energy that they had was just incredible. And I was really sort of worried of like, oh my goodness, this could actually become really embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. I had the exact same. I think it was their first, I think did Lukaku get forward and get a shot away that I don't think it was on target, but um, yeah, I had like an, oh no, we look really, really bad and they look really ready to go. Um, it was very concerning. And I was also, this is the first time I've watched a match and 
with the decisions that Conte made because I was like, what What are you trying to do here? Like, what is the plan? Like, Doherty, we've seen him be bad on the left before, yet he's playing on the left again. Um, like, just put anyone else there. Um, not him, not him, not him. Of course, <laughs> there he was. Um yeah, it was extremely frustrating. Both goals were absolutely calamitous, and I'm surprised that it stayed at two goals. Oh, same. And, like, that's – yeah, as soon as they scored the first one, and it's like – I mean, look, it comes from, like, Tanganga's mistake, um, and then just Chelsea's immense pressure just willed the goal in, and just <laughs> just like, all right, here we go. Um, and then the second one, like, when you score goals like that, like these own goals, which is like kicked off from one of your player into another player. And then you just like, all right, this is not our day at all. Um, the mm-hmm. football gods are not, <laughs> not in our favor. And like, it's like this, it, it could be really bad. So yeah, I, I agree. Like that there were some decisions that Conte made, which were a little bit sort of perplexing. Um, but then I'm also just inclined to think that like, there has to have been some just squad tiredness where players are like, I don't, I just don't think I can go again at mm. full, you know, at full pelt <laughs> today. I need a bit of a rest because we did see players like, um, like Doherty, like, like, um, well, I mean, Jaffet starting, like, mm. um, it, it just seemed like, yeah, yeah it's like, I, I do want to sort of criticize the players a bit, but then I'm, I also, it just like, we don't have the squad. I don't like, I think we've got a decent squad overall. But it's like we're. I think we're we're seeing now that we're just missing like in a few crucial positions. We're missing like players who can come in and at least do uh, an okay job. Mm. Um, yep. And I think that's yep. also been that some of our signings haven't worked out exactly as we wanted. Um, and yeah, we're just sort of. I I don't know. As I'm talking about this now, I feel like we should have seen something like this coming at some stage. That playing so many games, like I think we had like seven games in twenty days or something like that. Um, that some sort of fatigue would end up catching up to us. Yeah, totally. I mean, for me, like in terms of selection, like don't play Sanchez as the central defender when he can't pass or progress the ball. And look that um, Davies was just inf- like so frustrated for the whole game and he's been really good this year. Um, but he also, I mean, the whole team didn't have a good game, so I'm not going to pin that on him. And Tanganga was awful. Um, and then Emerson again, average, Doherty. Like it's funny because it, when he's sort of been involved, he has been been similar to Wolves where he's been sort of around the box and making um, inside runs, but they're so ineffective Mm. and uh, the shot often is like either straight at the keeper, limp or completely wide um, or up into Rose Ed. And it's like, (laughs) what, what, what did our scouting department see? Like I can, like the end on ballet and the La Celso signings I get, but this, I'm like, what was it <laughs> that they were like, this is someone we should spend money on because he's never, ever shown anything to suggest he would be worth any money. <laughs> <laughs> Very harsh. <laughs> he is worth negative money. <laughs> negative money. Like, you know, the Joe Hart transfer, Joe Hart was awful, but we it was like, well, it was free and it's bad, but eh, this is like, we paid for this dude. <laughs> he is ineffective. 
Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. Um, yeah, it's it's really sort of perplexing. Like, I wonder who actually was the one who was after, like, who sort of um, who pushed that transfer over the line. Because mm. um, we never really like you. I guess before we sort of had Paratici, we we didn't really know like who's really pushing this stuff along. Is it coming from the manager? Is it coming from the club? You know, does the club just think they can get a bargain and they're just trying to do something like that? Does the manager go, yeah, I don't mind this player. Let's get them in. Um, or is it like the scouting department? Like you say, that they're like, hey, this player is incredible. Look at these numbers. Um, and then it's like, hang on, we haven't signed a footballer here. Mm, yeah, exactly. I mean, it feels like, I mean, when we signed him, he was playing as a wing. And then <laughs> we had Mourinho as a manager who plays fullbacks, <laughs> which it was never going to be a, a sort of a very clear fit. And then... Now that we have a manager that plays uh, wingbacks, he also looks terrible. And that to me is the biggest indictment, not necessarily on him, but on the recruiting that was involved in getting him. Like, I just do not understand what we were getting. Um, I mean, I assume it was probably something to do with with scoring goals, making runs into the box, but uh, everything we've seen has been just so limp that, yeah, I... A huge, huge failure. Stuff up. I'm just waiting for at some stage, Doctor, to go. Oh, you know what, everyone? I've had long COVID this whole time. Yeah. Uh, so just back off. I've had long. You know, there's some like something like what's happened. <laughs> like mm. I want a Netflix documentary series going into like what has happened here, because like yeah. I don't really understand it. Um, from memory, I'm pretty sure Wolves fans weren't actually that and like frustrated when they sold him. Um, but still, we thought we were getting a much better player. And I think to me, this is the most baffling one um, out of all time. Like it's on level with, who was it? Um, was it Bebe that Man United signed? Like Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like players like that where you're just like, um, you know, <laughs> it's like some complete sort of risk. But there, there are, I guess, like some risk on some unknown player who's never played in the league and, you know, um, often might be sort of very young and a youth player in some – um, some second division league somewhere or something like that. But to have someone who's like, you know, played Premier League football and played a, played a bit of it, um, I, I just, like, I'm lost for words. I, I just don't actually understand what has happened here um, and how we still have him. And, well, actually, I understand how we still have him because no one else wants him. <laughs> like, unless yeah. you go, you can leave on a free and then someone else can deal for it. Sorry, deal with <laughs> it. But then I think maybe you get like a, a, a Danny Rose situation where, you know, ends up leaving on a free. But now word is that Watford want to get rid of him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well. Oh, Danny. Just come home, Danny. Come home. Not to play. No, God, no. Um, but <laughs> as some kind of – like he just speaks so well. I, just, I would love to hear from him. I would or actually – I think Danny Rose should just have a show. Like yeah. if he had a show or a podcast, a stream, something like that, that would be the best place for him. Um mm-hmm. I was going to say like, I'd be good to get him as like maybe a coach and working with youngsters, but then there's just parts of his personality where I I don't know if that would be wise. Where he's like, all right, so if you're not happy with something, you need to go talk to the press and you need to call up the club for having to Google players and all that. And like, so I think it's like, I I do like that he's outspoken, but I think that, um, yeah, it's like, yeah, he, he, he could start looking to sort of life after football at this stage. Cause I feel like he's made enough money from football, surely um, that, you know, it's just not going to keep <laughs> like, he's not going to go anywhere. Like Milan are not calling 
like well and truly. <laughs> Any yeah. word from Milan? No, absolutely. Yeah. Like it's just not happening. Um, yeah. So at the at the end of like at this stage, it's kind of like oh, any word from Wickham, and it's like mm. no, no, Danny. Um, I, don't, I didn't mean to come here to start roasting Danny Rose because <laughs> yeah. we're saying that we like the guy, but um, it's just like yeah, I think you know, Danny, start have the Danny Rose show. Oh, that would be phenomenal. But I also think that, that you know, from what we've seen of Danny Rose with <laughs> leaking to the press and uh, from the documentary. You know, reports are that when he was with the under-23s, he was phenomenal um, and such a good influence. So, like, I think, like, getting back and I, I can see, uh, I think the flip side to his maybe quite um, antagonistic streak, uh, there is also this really nurturing and, and kind and, and um, a really good role model. Um, and so I, I hope to see him back at the club because I love him. But, um, uh, yeah, whatever he wants, I hope he gets it. Milan, <laughs> I hope he gets it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say there would be a, quite a few. There would be whatever, like, the uh, the Milan sort of podcasts are, they would be sort of probably up in arms <laughs> if they ended up, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. You know, all right, we brought in Danny Rose to fill, <laughs> to fill that role. But, no, he, he is. He's, he's, a good, he's a good guy. We, we like him. Um, I'm not quite on the side of like, oh, the club treated him horrendously. I'm like, he got paid a lot of money and he stopped being good at football. So, you know, there was all that situation. But no, we, we wish him, um, we wish him the best. And it sounds well like he's retired and we're just going into like, but we yeah. called for his early retirement, and then it's like we're giving like eulogies on his career. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's to yeah, deflect. Would- it's just to deflect how bad our wingbacks were against Chelsea. Yeah, because yeah. they were so bad, so bad. I mean, let's talk the, about other clubs' wingbacks and get stuck yeah. into them. <laughs> exactly. I mean, the the one positive was that uh, I thought Geo was pretty good when he came on. I thought Hill was pretty good when he and Winks did what he's been doing and came on and gave us something else. Um, but apart from that, there's literally no positive from, from this game. I was so furious with Tanganga. I thought he was so bad. Yeah. Um, I think this was another – I was just going to say, I think this is another game where um, Hoybier looked so tired. Terrible. Yeah, um, terribly tired. So tired. Um, yeah, and it was – what I found probably the most interesting thing about the game was going to like a fourth two three one in the second half. Mm. Um, which mm. kind of caught me off guard. And I remember when we were watching the game, we were sort of messaging each other and we were trying to go like, hang on, wait, what's going on here? There's, we're not three at the back anymore. There's, we're four, two, how, uh, what is it a four, three, three, wait, hang on. What? And it just took a little <laughs> while to work out what was sort of going on there. So I think that's the f- first time we've seen Conte go to four at the back in any game yeah. that he's had. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the thing that was, I mean, we looked better in the second half, but also Chelsea were chilling by that point. Um, and uh, like, I'm, I'm pleased to see that we did go to a four, two, three, one, and at least try something different. Um, but again, I mean, maybe everyone's just really tired, like you said, but a lot of the rhetoric, which is always the rhetoric around football, regardless of the team you follow, is like, the lads just didn't put in a shift or blah, 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 blah. (laughs) But it is frustrating, regardless of how much I think that's complete crap, to see our team look lethargic. Not that they weren't trying, but 
head and look like they're just not up for it today for whatever reason. Um, yeah, it's it's frustrating. Yeah, I think as well, like, it'd be interesting to have seen, like, if this was a league game and what – and I'm not suggesting that this is a good thing about the team, but I wonder if there was an element where we've kind of, you know – Switch off a little bit in the sense of like, all right, this is a cup game. It's also the League Cup. Like, this is the, I was going to say the worst, like, you know, competition that we're in, but that's purely just because we've gone out <laughs> of the Conference yeah. League. Um, you know, in some might say an embarrassing fashion, but whatever, we move on. Mm. Um, this is kind of like, you know, the lesser of all the titles we're in. We should be taking these games as seriously as maybe not quite as seriously as like say a, a contested Premier League fixture, but seriously enough that we are sort of putting in a better performance than this. And I feel like that's, you know, we're hearing Conte like in a, most interviews now, he's talking about shifting the mentality and all that sort of stuff. Um, mm. And he's, and I, I don't know the exact quote, but he's talking about like, um, yeah, shifting the mentality to just like think that the squad are winners, not having, not needing us to win games to then start believing in ourselves and that sort of thing. Mm. Um, and it just felt like in this, it's like, maybe we just thought, oh, look, we're gonna, probably going to lose here at Stamford Bridge. Yeah, this is the League Cup. Meh, we're not really quite up for it. Or they're just all tired. Um, I think we mm. just go the tired one just because we sometimes feel bad about getting stuck into the players. And also we just don't really know. But yeah, it's like, there's just something not right if we sort of constantly get in situations like this where we, we and I guess it happened in a few of the Conference League games as well. Um, where it's like, well, we should be putting up, we should be winning those conference league games, but we should be putting up more of a fight against Chelsea. Um, you know, it's still it's it's still a London derby, whatever competition mm. it's in. Yeah, 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 totally. I think it, Conte's interview after the game has just been like completely hyped for all the wrong reasons. Where he said, you know, he said the gap between um, us and Chelsea is 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 big they're a league you know they're above us but he also says yeah they won the champions league final and it's like yeah they did they did like <laughs> you know they are like let's just accept that that they are at the moment and let's hope that we close that gap or you know that he said that we need to, that it's going to take time like all these things are not particularly shocking like he hasn't come out and been like, my squad's terrible. I hate them all. Um, <laughs> and Tottenham are a, a dumpster fire and I wish I'd never come here. Like it's just, he's he's saying things that I think we all know, but it, then media outlets, because of their jobs needing to get click, then take those things and make them seem like they're um, so much worse than they are when actually it's like we've all been saying this for like three years. Like we've just finally got a manager that that is uh, speaking in a way that is actually reflective of what the fans are seeing on the pitch. Um, and I think that's a good thing. Like I don't think that's a bad thing. Oh, definitely. Like I, there hasn't been a moment I think in a Conte press conference so far that I've disagreed with what mm. he said. And I think he's, he seems very like down to earth in what he talks about. And you're, you're right. Like he doesn't come out here and promise these things. Like he's got this pedigree. Like he doesn't have to come into Spurs and promise, Oh, by the end of the season, we'll be in champions league. That's it. Um, like he's playing it down. And I think it's wise as well that like, cause we know in training and everything and day to day and at halftime in games before games, all the team talk, he's not playing it down to the players, but mm. I think it's good 
sort of management of the press to like sort of play down expectations of um, and try and manage that a little bit more. And, and yeah, he's like calling out things for, for sort of what they are. Um, mm. And like, you know, when asked about like Ndombele and his response is he's a midfielder, I, I think. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. great. Okay. <laughs> cool. <laughs> That's how we all think about uh, <laughs> yeah. Ndombele. So, yeah, I, I think it's, um, I mean, it's, it's interesting with Chelsea. Like the other thing about all the press statements is that press statements are always overblown unless it's against another team. And then we're like, they are warranted. So like when mm. the like Lukaku uh, statements at the start of the week came out and it was like, Oh, look, have you seen what Lukaku said about, um, you know, I've <laughs> done this interview and about how he didn't want to leave Inter and he wants to be there and he hates Chelsea and he, he's having the worst time of his life and he wants to, all that sort of stuff. Um, but then you actually see those questions like, no, that's actually a really bad interview. <laughs> from like <laughs> Lukaku's perspective. And I think having that stuff going in before this game maybe also gave us a little bit of hope of like, hey, they're a bit unsettled. Um, and I think Lukaku didn't play the game before then for Chelsea because Tushel was like, I spoke to him, not in the right frame of mind <laughs> to, mm. to play. And it's like, yeah, probably good call there. Um, mm. But so I think that maybe we also sort of hope like, oh, cool, Chelsea are in a bit of, bit of strife with this big internal issue and, you know, Lukaku's you know out and... Uh, but then, of course, he was playing and he didn't score, but like, you know, he played relatively like, I think he played like relatively well. Like he showed like he was dangerous on a few levels and we're like, oh, that's right. Yep. They've got Lukaku and they've got mm. this and that. And they've got, you know, <laughs> like their second string team, string team is like just so much stronger than ours. And I think, you know, that's back to where we started with this of like what Conte is effectively saying. Mm, yeah, exactly, exactly. And he's he gets no credit for how good he is with the press. Like I remember when he was at Chelsea and they'd lost the game that they shouldn't have lost and he came in and started joking with the journalists about someone had brought cake or someone's birthday and can I have some cake? And, and he just diffused the entire press conference and then the result in question taken in this really light fashion when it could have been this grilling. Um, he's really good at it and like – he the other thing that doesn't happen in England is uh, there's this like we have Galacticos teams and people from all over the world play uh, in England it's the best league blah 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 but the press is happy to say that but they're also not happy to acknowledge that a lot of these players second language is English and that sometimes the what they're saying it, the way it translates sounds different to what the actual intention is and then they just take it at face value without acknowledging that and just run with it. It's, it's, it's infuriating. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I reckon like Bielsa couldn't probably just speak perfect English, but he just gets his translator just to, yeah. um, cause he's like, no, I'm not getting, I'm not falling into this trap of like, yeah. you know, saying something which maybe sounds like not hundred percent grammatically correct and then being pulled apart on that. So mm. um, I'll just get my translator to give sort of like short answers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> exactly. Something that I say. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I guess, look, that's a Chelsea game with two nil down. It's, it's one of those things where like, I guess as Spurs, we always, even if things go kind of badly, we always somehow manage to scrape through into a situation where we still have some hope. Because uh, I think if this goes 3-0, we're like, the tie's done. <laughs> we're, not, yeah, we're not calling yeah. back from that. But at two, it's like, well, we got an early goal mm. somehow. 
we're mm. in with a chance um, back at home. So we always seem to get in these situations where I feel like there is this scriptwriter who just like ultimately hates Spurs and wants to punish <laughs> us, but wants to kind of drag us along and just like we got the dangling carrot of hope just sort of like swaying in the wind in front of us all the time. We're like, we're kind of not fully out of it. We're a bit out of it, but we're not fully out. Um, so it'd be really interesting to see how this goes, uh, you know, in a few days' time as well as we've got the North Island derby after that. Um, but I guess before we look ahead too much, uh, the last game in this run to sort of cover off would be the, uh, the Morecambe tie. Yeah, which was uh, first half was maybe the worst half of football I've ever seen Spurs play. <laughs> like it was, it was absolutely horrendous. Um, we just looked. You can see it looked horrendous because you can see that were playing who were sort of you know our second string had some idea about what they were supposed to be doing but weren't able to execute it. And so there was lots of pointing and shouting about you should be there, you should be there. And um, that is unfortunate and just part of the fact that Conte's come in uh, mid-season and he's implementing his his system and this game was the rock bottom of that where it's like... <laughs> This is the 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 ultimate like stuff up before we start getting better. I hope, um, but also like, you know, they <laughs> they scored in the first half from Tanganga. I've watched it quite a few times, losing his man horrendously, um, and also Galini just being asleep, <laughs> at, like. With uh, replaced Joe Hart with maybe a worse keeper, <laughs> like he is terrible. I'd say at the start of the season we we had I don't know if we had super high hopes of Galini being Loris's like replacement, but mm. we were like, oh, this is maybe a decent enough young keeper who could come in and be our number two for a little bit and and go from there. But after the games we've seen him play, um, yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> we're, we're not going to execute the buy clause. Um, at the end of this loan. And I think it's, it's something too that like reserve keepers don't usually come in and just have absolute howlers. Like mm. I think if you're an on-field player, usually it takes you a few games to sort of really get into the rhythm of playing with the team. Cause there's so many different things you need to do. Uh, not the keepers don't have a lot to do, but like um, I think there's a lot more sort of variables when you're out on the field. Whereas when you're a goalkeeper, there's a lot of things which are just like kind of basic things that it doesn't really matter who you're up against. You're not really changing that too much. But like, you know, like your shot stopping is not going to change too much against different teams. Whereas if you're like a fullback, your approach to the whole game might change to uh, compared to sort of who you're playing against. Uh, but yeah, it just seems like Galini's not really that great. Um, and, you know, he seems very fashionable uh, on, <laughs> on, on all the Instagram videos. And it's like he's, uh, <laughs> which is also, it's like the rest of the players kind of like teasing him for like... <laughs> coming in in these like long like matrix style coats into like training and yeah. stuff like that um yeah but it's like yeah i i think that galini's probably been a disappointment for for what we were hoping which makes it good in a way that he is only here on loan because he's not coming back and then yeah like we said tanganga just another um like i'm i'm not in the hey sell tanganga camp uh, like right now but it's like he's had a pretty poor run of a couple of games um, mm -hmm. instead of just trying to get him to play through it, it might be best to just pull him, <laughs> pull him away <laughs> for a little bit and just give him maybe a week or two to sort of like, you know, 
build up again and then sort of coming in a game when when maybe the team as a whole is playing a little bit better and it's not that we're going through this slip in form like collectively. I am very much in the camp of we need to get rid of him um, <laughs> because I think – and one thing I like about Conte is he doesn't do what Mourinho did where it was one game, you don't have a good game and that's it, you don't play for two months where it's like Tanganga comes back in to try and solve the problem of his form immediately and ha- make him have a better game. The issue is that uh, his form has then continued in this game where he just looked terrible. Um, and this is against a League One team as well. We should make that very clear. One team, he looks terrible. Like, that is not good. And, and I mean, in the first half, to be fair, no one looked good. Um like there was no – the only player that maybe looked good, um, dare I say it, was probably Harry Winks. Um, like, you know, Delhi put in a lot of effort, but there was sort of no result or reward. Um, I, I read an article evaluating this whole game on The Guardian and they said that Roden had a good game. But to me, it was the opposite where I was like, oh, Roden's fine. Roden is fine. Yeah, I think he, like, relatively he had a good game compared to some of the other performances around him. But overall, if that was a normal game, you probably wouldn't have noticed Roden. Um, Mm. And that's not a bad thing for for a centre-back. But, yeah, I think, like, Roden was okay. Like, he... He looked like from that game, I was like, cool. I'd actually like to see some more Roden in the rotation um, mm. of the team and, and getting in there. But yeah, it was really like a lot of players were played kind of a bit out of position. Like we've got like Delhi and um, Hill playing up front together. Um, mm-hmm. I think by now, like, you know, Conte has sort of, he's tried Delhi in a few different positions. And I think he's kind of like, can I get something out of this guy? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. can I possibly play him? Could he be a backup forward? from this game no um yeah. you know could it where where can he really play um and i think maybe that was a little bit of hill as well because if we're saying that hill normally is like you know is best suited to sort of play on the left then you know sonny's usually sort of playing out there so it's like all right well where else can we sort of use him like i think overall i would love to see more hill and i am glad that he's starting to get you know some games um either whether that's just being subbed on or you know or starting in this one um because he's just got like there's just a nice like sort of sway to how he plays and like I think he looks pretty um pretty direct in a way like he loves a little just like give and go and he's he's always trying to drive us forward. Um I mm. think he's just like young and he just needs more sort of game time for us. So like I would love it if we loaned him out to like another Premier League team or a championship team or something like that. Um or we just keep sort of giving him um you know this time sort of coming in. Like I, I thought he was looked okay as well. Um, the player I was kind of disappointed with was like La Celso and mm. um, my overall comment on him is that like, yeah, I don't think he's earned the haircut that he's got now because <laughs> it's like players usually go through this phase where they have this glow up where suddenly they go from like, they're a player who is okay, like Gareth Bale. And then, you know, the next season starts and he's got like, you know, this this beautiful man bun. He's had his ears pinned back. He's like, now he's gone through this sort of transformation. And it's just like, La Celso seems to rock around a bit like that. But even in this game, it's like, you are like an Argentinian international here. Like you should be able to like dominate in this mm. <laughs> in this sort of fixture. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I thought he would be better. Having said that though, looking at his second half... I th- compared to uh, our mate and Ballet, he was much, 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 much better. And I think that he 
will be used in the future um, <laughs> unless he gets injured for Argentina again. I thought I agree with you. His first half was shocking, and where the, the thing about him that I that I hark back to is is under Mourinho when he was the one person that was like driving us forward and and was having really good games and taking putting the team on his back. And I, if we can get there again, I, I don't have much patience, but I've got a little bit of patience for him. Um, and I'm willing to just see him reintegrate and, and and get involved. And if it works out to be nothing, then fire him into the sun. But, like, <laughs> I, I do have a bit of patience. The one person that I have zero patience for anymore is uh, uh, Endon Ballet. Like, I just cannot believe how bad the game, like, how bad he was in this game. Um, it was shocking. And then the way that he left the field, the fact that he there's a video from fairly high up in the stadium and you see Hill running, right, to get off. And he, I think, almost beats him off or does beat <laughs> yeah. him off. Delhi runs off and goes out. He takes the long way around. And this guy decides to just saunter his way <laughs> through. And I, I wanted to ask you, Dan, because I'm not totally sure I sit with this about booing our own players. To me, like this was just such a horrible, like, uh, um, not amalgamation, but uh, but like a horrible way to uh, express yourself, because it's not about you feeling annoyed. It's like you are affecting the team here. And I think I sent to you, you know, there's a video of Harry Kane telling him to hurry up, and then there's that fantastic. Mero and Dyer on the bench, giving him <laughs> the best death stares I think I've ever seen. Um, yeah, well, how do you feel about about that series of events? Oh, I'm usually not uh, up for booing so much. Like, I think if the team has played like appallingly in a half, I don't mind us booing. Mm. Um, like, if we're playing, if we played so bad, and then the fans give a boo, it to me, it's kind of like it's important for the fans to actually express like hey, this is not good enough. This is horrendous. Like mm. if we boo because like we just aren't up against like a poor team, um, but it's still we're still doing okay, then I'd be like, we don't need a boo there. We can actually mm. kind of use our voices and like really sort of spur the team on and like get into full song like um, as much as we can, really sort of build it up. But in a time like this, I think you look at it, you're like, okay, we're playing a team who's in League One. This is a competition where it's like, <laughs> we want to win something and the, the FA Cup is our best chance of doing it. Not that it's an easy path to go because there's still, you know, a lot of games to play it, but we're not really in any other sort of competitions apart from League Cup that, you know, we could sort of have a chance of actually winning. And so I guess to see us being one nil down against a League One team and to see Ndombele like sulk his way off and be like, like, like you mentioned, like he'll sprint it off. And he got a cl- he got a clap. <laughs> he was clapped mm, off mm. for that. And it's like, see, so he'll no, you, you've you know, you've um, it hasn't quite clicked, but we can see things happening. And you, you sprint off. You're all for the team. Like, right, great. Let's get these reinforcements in. Let's bring on the big guns and let's sort of get it over the line. To see Ndombele just like stroll off the pitch like so slowly, like slower than walking. Like he's gone. I'm not going to walk off. I'm going to walk slower than that. Mm. Um, to me, it just sort of it just shows like the mentality of the player that we're kind of dealing with. And we've mm. heard reports in the past of like 
the cycle, which I think Ali Gold did a bit a big article on of like of Ndombele, where he sort of like gets a bit of confidence, starts playing well, then gets too confident, believes he should be playing for Barcelona, then things start to dip, then he falls out of the manager, and then he sort of like disappears for a while and then he like has a change of heart going like no I'm actually going to try and and make it and then the cycle just kind of continues so it kind of seemed like he thought he was above playing this game um, because he's like I shouldn't be the one starting this game I should be starting every Premier League game Um, Mm. and then when he gets subbed and dragged in this (laughs) game to like all right, the whole team's not playing great who are we going to take off you're one of them you're one Mm. of three out of like the 10 players that we could possibly take off and he's just kind of like, he's probably seen that as such a big slight and insult to him that he's taken it so personally. So I would boo him. I would still be booing him constantly if we didn't have to record right now. Um, yeah. Like, I'm so fine with this. And then his reaction of just going straight down the tunnel, I'm like, this is disgusting. Like, this is, mm. like, I'm very much at the stage now where it's like, I do not want this player at our club anymore. And I looked at the... um just the stats of like, he's only played 10 games where he's played 90 minutes in two wow. and a half years. Wow. Like, That's shocking. What? That's, <laughs> What's going on? So yeah. to sum it up, it's like, I'm, I'm with the booze on this one. Yeah. See, this is where I kind of stand where I'm like, I don't like the idea of booing our own, our players, but during uh, lockdown, when there was no fans in the stadium, there was no way for the fans to express their voice at all. Right. The stadium is a way to which the fans can do that. And getting frustrated and expressing, still needing to express their um, uh, anger or frustration with the club and doing so in ways online that um, were very personal, very targeted and pretty gross. With this, I'm like, this is, as Conte said in his press conference, this is part of football. If you don't play well, you hear about it. And to me, it was like he didn't play well. His attitude coming off was shocking and he has been a constant source of um, uh, and frustration from the entire fan base the whole time he's been here. Um, and this was the uh, this was the amalgamation of that where everyone was like, all right, we've had it. And the other thing is that I'm like, this dude is our record signing who gets paid £200,000 a week to play for us, right? He's played, as you said, 10 games where he's played 90 minutes. And I know thinking about this at the time, but there is a stadium of people that have paid their wages, regardless of what those wages are, to come and watch Tottenham and the disdain for their time and money by walking off in that way and then going down the tunnel is to me anyway disgusting like it's it's so and i i i'm not i know it's not on purpose and i he, he thinking like these people have paid you know half of their <laughs> weekly wage to be here and i'm going to walk off slowly to spite them like that's just not going through his head he's being booed he's feeling like crap and he's walking off slowly as a way of revolting against that but there's just yeah i, I just hope he never ever plays for us again like after that like i don't ever want to see him but the issue is which i assume we're going to be moving on and talking about uh oh no we've got to finish this game but who who is going to buy 
we're going to have to take a huge cut. Who's going to pay him £200,000 a week? Like, yeah, it's a, it's a problem. It's definitely a problem. And, you know, I think in these situations too, like it's a problem that we've also partially been responsible for creating as well. Because mm. um, I guess what I mean by that is like, players don't decide that they're going to be the record signing for a club. And no. there's so much pressure that goes along with that. Um, like uh, to be very clear, I want him out and I want him sold and I don't want him to play for us again. But so I'm not defending him like <laughs> blindly on that. I'm like, I think it's just a very complex matter. And so mm. he's someone who I don't think has dealt that well with the pressure that comes of being like the record signing at a club, the equal top like highest player, uh, sorry, highest paid player. Um, and maybe that all came for him a bit too early and he was a bit too young and he had so much potential and it's like, it's like that thing of like, when you're buying young players, you're obviously paying for their potential. When you're buying old players, you're paying for their past history and like, you know, what you expect them to continue to be able to do. And so I think like with Ndombele, it's like, he just, maybe he just wasn't actually worth the sort of 55, 60 mil. And that's like, there were other clubs who was like valued him highly too. Cause otherwise we could, we would have driven the price right down um, to sort of 20, 30 million. But I think maybe just it came too early in his career. He wasn't like mentally equipped with being able to deal with this and he hasn't dealt with it very well at all. And he's really, really struggled. And mm. like the best situation right now is for him to get out of the club and for both parties to sort of move on. Um, but, you know, he's not the only like, um, you know, record signing that's had some trouble. Like the Athletic did a big article on this as well. And they're like, you know, Grealish hasn't really kicked off and he's Grealish has spoken publicly about like, he's found it actually quite challenging being the record signing hundred million pound player for Man City. Um, and he thought that he was going to stroll into that team and get maybe 30 goal contributions a season, but he's really struggled. Um, and he's found the pressure of all that to be quite a lot. Um, you've had players like Pepe for Arsenal who he's not worth what 80 million pounds. I think they paid <laughs> for him. Um, Lukaku, you wouldn't say he's worth the hundred million that Chelsea have paid for him yet. And then you've got players, you know, before then like Kepa who came in for like <laughs> 70 million, horrible. And like someone like Pogba who's come in and has been very poor as well. So we're not the only club who has had issues with paying like huge, huge dollars for a big player and then not, you know, not getting the performance that we expect out on the pitch. So I think it is actually part of a wider problem that isn't just Ndombele, but he's still definitely to blame for certain actions that he's done, of course. Oh, totally. I, I completely agree. And I think you're bang on about the the pressure of being a record signing, right, where it's like this clash between hyper football capitalism uh, and its value system and then people like actual people yeah. actual people that uh, are good at football um where we their value is uh assigned by their how much was paid to bring them to the club and then that comes with a lot of pressure and they form to a certain level because they are the the record signing when the record signing is constantly changing as players become more expensive and blah 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 like we'll have another record signing there'll be another one and um the issue is is the concept of that and and how that changes the criteria to which we measure that player um and like if Ndombele 
20 million and did some of the things he did, we'd be like, oh, yeah, he's pretty good, um, whatever. <laughs> but he didn't. He costs a lot of money. It gets paid a lot of money. And so, therefore, our evaluation of, of him is very different. Now, his role in uh, being the record transfer, he's not. He's not. He's got no role in that. That's between the clubs. Um, the monetary thing is his agent, and he he just wants to get paid forty does and and wants it to be like anyone who works in any job. It's just the money. It's not totally. So I completely agree with you there. Um, but and again, I agree with you with the there are things that he has done that are under his control that have not come off well. Um, and, yeah, have been very frustrating. But to move on to um, the new hero of Spurs, Harry Winks, for a moment, who scored uh, <laughs> accidentally again. Um, it's just hilarious that he doesn't seem to ever score. Um, like this this goal, if he'd meant it, you'd be like, oh, my God. He Like he didn't mean it, well, I he, don't think. But this one, at least, he claimed that he meant it. Yeah, I'm glad you did. And because in the interview after the game, and I think he claimed that he meant it, and then he tried to like oversell it just in case there were follow up questions. Because I know the previous one that he scored similar to this, he was like, oh, "I didn't mean it. It was a cross, to be honest." And I kind of stuffed it up. Uh, but this one, he was like, "No, no, no, no. I meant that one. Yeah, yeah. No, I meant it." And like my method was, I'm going to put it into the back post, and then if it falls a bit short, then someone might get at the end of it. But I'm definitely going for that back post to try and get it past the keeper there. So. Uh, I went for the back part. I, I meant it. I meant it. Don't you dare. No, I definitely meant it. And it's like, no, Harry, fine. We believe you that you meant it. And he's like, no, well, well no, I, I did. I meant this one. And we're like, well, okay, maybe you did. But, mm. you know, at the end of the day, it went in. So um, great. Like, I just love that. Um, Bunny, the thing I love the most about this is that, like, you know, your previous feelings on Winks, like to the point of me, you know, ironically getting you made a uh, Harry Winks fan club shirt. Um, mm -hmm. and like, yeah, he is completely like long bottomed in your mind where he's yeah. gone from like the ugliest player you could ever, uh, you know, want to be on the pitch for Spurs to now, if I'm not mistaken, you've ordered a Harry Winks kit. Is that correct? <laughs> yes. So the Harry Winks fan club t-shirt, as I said, has transformed from an ironic wear to one where I'm like, you rule. I loved how nice you were to Sh uh, Sheila, who, uh, unfortunately in the documentary so kind um you're now playing very well and now the purchase of the kit does err on the ironic side and is more a joke on myself for how cruel <laughs> i've been to him on this podcast um but i just he's really really turned me around um and i hope that his form continues in the manner that it, it currently is um the other Angle was just like pure class. It was so good. Um, and Gio got the assist, which is good. It's, it's kind of funny, though, that, you know, pure class, Gio got the assist, how good. This is a League One team at the bottom of League One. Like, it's really? Like, am I really saying that? Yeah, I, I agree. Like, the goal was taken well, and it was taken in the manner you'd expect Carry Kane to take it playing against that caliber of team. Mm. So... Like, I'm happy that he did that and it happened because I think, again, it just builds confidence because we've seen him maybe, I think it was, was it in the Palace game or some recent games where he's kind of, he's had like half chances and he hasn't quite, like, he hasn't Harry Kane'd them. Like, mm. um, they've kind of either like, he's kind of mishit them, they've either been off target or they've just been sort of straight at the keeper. Like, he's had some sniffs that Harry Kane, like, he would usually, um, like, you know, he'd take these goals where, for any other player, it's not even like a, a, a chance. 
So it's kind of like he's he's taking goal that it's like, eh, maybe there's a room there. Oh, hang on. Oh, wait. Oh, he's put mm. a top bins. Um, mm. And he's he's always been so good at that because it's like he also doesn't have the pace to go around and create what I think are usually these like hugely clear-cut chances. So he's always been so good at like manufacturing a chance out of absolutely nowhere. Um, but I think, yeah, I just hope that this is kind of like, you know, Kane starting to like, you know, get things going again. I think there's still one thing that I like can't, it's stubborn and I know this is stubborn, but just <laughs> in my mind, it's like, I just want a public and it doesn't have to be a public apology even, but I just want some sort of public statement now showing some sort of positivity <laughs> about Spurs from Kane. And I don't know if he's holding off until the end of the season to say something like that, but there are rumors of him maybe looking at a new contract. But I, I just like, I think for me to get over like how I felt during the summer and his actions then, like even if he starts playing well and scoring some goals, I still just need him to say something. Mm, I agree. I just want something, like anything, just a morsel of anything to to be like, I'm enjoying my football. Even if he's like, it's great working under Conte, just something that uh, solidifies his position. Having said that, though, I, I thought I've never felt more like when <laughs> Lucas, Harry and uh, Skip came on more watching Spurs like it's like oh the big boys are here now like Harry Kane and and Lucas and Skip as well but he's not playing forward when the, especially Harry no no equally with Lucas the attitude was like we're winning there's no way we're not winning we're going to win now and we're going to make this happen and it was so uh I assume this is the feeling you're supposed to get at like the end of the Avengers movie when like all the people rock up to, yeah. Um, but those movies are terrible. Um, so it was that feeling of like, okay, now the business people are here and we're gonna we're gonna now win this game, um, which was very encouraging from him especially because it felt like he he cared, like he was like I care about this and I want to win. Oh, definitely, and I think that. You know, to me, this also sort of struck like Conte spoken about us needing to suffer in certain games. And I almost feel that like he could have made, he easily, easily, easily could have made three changes at halftime. <laughs> if the rules allowed for it, he could have made 10 changes at halftime. Um, but he let it go. And that's why I feel like a little bit was of him to try and prove a point to sort of like the players a little bit of like, well, show me that you need, like if you can't get over this team here, you're really showing me that you don't deserve to be here. Mm. Um, and so he was kind of like, all right, <laughs> I'll wait until, you know, 70th minute. It's basically kind of, he brought like the big boys on at the last possible chance that he really could to sort of ensure that we'd still be able to get over the top and win. Um, and then it was like, yeah, cause it was like seven minutes. All right, here we go. Skip Lucas Kane. And I love that Skip is in like, you know, he's in like the Spurs Avengers being brought on to save the day <laughs> here as well. But it just very much felt to me like, um, you know, Conte was sort of like, all right, see if you can do anything. See if you can do anything. All right, you can't. You're coming off. You're coming off and we need to. Uh, and, I, and I don't think it was personal to like say Hill for something, for example, like that. Mm. But I just mean for the team in general, it's like, I don't want to use Kane in this game. I don't want to lose use Lucas. They're playing so much football. But fine you couldn't get it done we need to bring them on mm. yep yep totally um 
I think, yeah, he he left everyone out there for as long as he possibly could to to not only test them, but to be like, I'm giving you the most amount of time possible to show me that you can get this to happen. After I think Winks in his post game interview said there were some home truths um, at halftime from Conte, and I assume that was just him throwing a shoe around, um, or or smashing something, or I don't know. I'd love to know what he said. Um, That's why we need all or nothing season two right now. Like Conte would be such a great manager, I think, to watch on like all or nothing. Oh my god, can you imagine? But I also feel like it would never happen because he'd never let it happen. Yeah, he'd, um, he'd just be like, no, yeah. that's not happening. Um, Doing that. Because, I mean, and Conte, um, you know, similarly, like, I think now he's been getting questions about, like, why does he have a shorter contract? Like, all that sort of stuff. Um, but I think even that he handles really well that he's like, no, I'm a very well-paid person. Like, I get paid a lot of money. Uh, so I need to keep justifying why I'm here. But also the club needs to justify why I should hang around too. So I don't do long contracts anywhere. I don't like it. Um and you've, you know, it's not, it kind of like keeps the club on their toes as well that, you know, you can't sort of like, even though if the club signed up to a long-term contract, basically then he'd just end up with a huge payout if he got sacked anyway. Um, yeah. But it kind of keeps the club on his toes that like, on their toes that he, like, if he's on a long-term contract, the club sort of still decides when he goes, the manager can't really, the manager can't mm. season and go, you know what, I'm actually one out of this. Um, so I think where Conte still retains the power here is that he's on a short-term one and, you know, if things keep going in the direction they look like they are, we're going to be wanting to extend that. Um, and he still retains power in that to be like, well, you've got to, you know, you've got to extend that too. Because I've won a lot of trophies. I've got a lot of money. So I can just go and do nothing. I don't care. <laughs> like, mm. I want to win. That's yeah. why I'm here. And if you're not going to match me, then we're done. Yeah. Exactly, which is why it's just the most perfect situation with uh, the the board and Tottenham spending and and him where it's like if they were to turn around and be like, actually, Conte, not really the funds um, and we're not going to make any purchases. Like, And he goes, mm, okay, well, I'm out, see ya. Like the revolt <laughs> would be unbelievable. And I'm not one of those people that, you know, <laughs> as I've made very clear on this podcast before, um, that's like, Daniel Levy doesn't spend any money, blah, 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 because he does spend money. Um, but I just think this is such a curious situation where we have such a high-profile manager and it, it is to match him in terms of what, we spend and who we buy, um, which is curious that we are uh, currently rumoured to sign Adama Traore, <laughs> who I, I know, I think you're a fan, Dan. I do not want him at all. I am so on board with this transfer. No. I think he would be, like, if he's coming in as a, as a right wing back, like if Conte looks at him and goes, because Conte, Conte doesn't get sucked in. Right? He's not going to mm. go like, oh, I watch some highlight packages and he, he dribbles around and he's pretty good. Like if mm. Conte and Paratici are like, hey, we like this guy, like we think we can really do a job with him. Like I could see him t t like giving him a very specific role. And I think like the problem with like Adama is like maybe, I don't know exactly how Wolves play, but it seems like maybe he's kind of like, he's got too much of a free role there in a sense. Um, mm -hmm. Whereas I think like under Conte putting a lot of restrictions under how he plays – 
Like, I actually think that Adama gets unfair criticism due to his crossing because if you look at some of his stats, his crossing is not that bad in terms of completed crosses. Um, mm. And But I think there's just like the general rhetoric that's put out there of like no end product. And it's like, if I hear one more person just say no end product, it's like, you've just repeated that from like, yeah. it's the one, like, it, it's the one phrase which everyone just parrots. Mm. And I'm like, I'm sick of this. Like, it's not the case. It's not the case at all. Like there are so many more variables in that. Um, but anyway, like I really honestly think that like, if we have someone like Emerson, who he's kind of like, he's the more like defensive player. He, he's supposed to be kind of like a two-way player. But I think what we're seeing is that his strengths are more maybe defensively and, and maybe just in general ball retention and progression, that sort of stuff. But then if we have like Adama, like, can you imagine Barney, if we're playing a team and Emerson's there, 60, 60, 70th minute, the other team's tiring a little bit. Who are we going to bring on right wing back? Adama Traore. That is an mm. absolute nightmare for that other team as the game starts winding down. Um, and I'm not trying to convince you of this, but this is just why I think I'm quite excited about this because if Conte says, I want it, I buy that a lot more than like if Nuno says, I want Adama Traore. Because I think Conte, if he wants him, I fully trust what Conte wants to do. And I fully trust that he's not going to let Adama get away with, with things like he would be able to possibly mold him into like a really, really sort of effective attacking um, wing back for us. Here's a thing. He's got no end product. And that's why I don't want him. No, no, I see your point, but I'm also like, he's just such a hype, like almost like meme. Like watching, I watch wolves to watch him. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, you're unbelievable. Yeah. Um, but I watch him because I'm like, what are you going to do? Who knows? And I don't want that in my team. <laughs> I don't want that. Like, who knows what's going to happen? Um, I don't know how effective you are. Um, and the other problem, Dan, obviously, which has been circling on Spurs Twitter, didn't go in for Coutinho. <laughs> Remember how good he was for Liverpool 400 years ago? Oh, it, it's so ridiculous. Like, I feel like if you, you look at those players and you go, you can have Coutinho, you can have Traore. I know this, this sounds very controversial to, to some people, but I would go for Traore. Um, I think as well, so to, to further clarify my point on this, Traore is rumored to be 20 million pounds because the contract's running down. And so I'm like, for 20 million pounds, go and find me a better player who could play as an attacking right wing back. Like yeah. even other players who you put in a similar mold, like someone like Lamptey from Brighton, who get you know he's he's very much an attacking sort of wing back as well. Apparently his price is like double that, or even more, mm. triple that, or something like that. So I'm like for twenty million pounds, I'm that's why I think as well. I'm so on board the Traore train. If it was like forty, fifty million, I'd have a lot more sort of reservations there. Um, now yeah. someone like Coutinho, I'm like yeah, the, I mean. We, like we're often so sort of stuck in the past. I'm just like, oh, we haven't replaced the uh, Ericsson player. <laughs> you know, and it's just like we're going to get, you know, eventually get some fans going back to like, oh, you know what? We haven't replaced Glenn Hoddle from back in the day. <laughs> and it, you just yeah. get to a stage where you're like, all right, no, no, cool. We definitely need, like we've tried to get in some midfielders and players with viewers attacking midfielders in La Celso and Dombele. They haven't really worked out. Celso's always injured. <laughs> Double A, we've spoken about a lot. Um, so we've tried to sort of bring players into that position. 
So, uh, yeah, I don't see us going like, oh, I remember Coutinho scored a good goal against us five years ago. We should get him. He'd be incredible for us. Because I'm like, if Conte wanted Coutinho, we would get Coutinho over Villa. Like, even mm. though there's that Liverpool connection with Gerrard, like, Coutinho would come to Spurs over Villa if we were going in for him. But I'm like, yeah. he's no, that's fine. It's so fine we didn't go for him. Yeah, I saw I saw an article, I can't remember who it was, but they put up and the headline was like, the pulling power of Gerard. I was like, you're getting screwed. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Just, just to clarify my point. So Coutinho moved to uh, Barcelona um, and the, so his most matches in a season is 34 matches uh, to which he scored five goals <laughs> and got two assists. Like... Now, I understand also this ties into the wanting Traore thing because Lucas is good now, so we don't have this wild card player. So we need one, so yeah. then we would need Traore, right, because Lucas is seemingly consistent. Um, like, Lucas's goal output is better than that, um, especially in that 18-19 season. Um, and then, <laughs> so 2021, last season, Coutinho only managed to play 12 matches and he scored two goals. Like, <laughs> they're not getting Coutinho. They are getting someone who has been not good at Barcelona in a weaker league for five years. Like, <laughs> the fact that people are annoyed that we didn't sign him is insane. Oh, definitely. And you, you see the rebuttal that comes back sometimes when you make points about this is like, no, but the thing is we're not annoyed about not signing Coutinho. We're actually just annoyed that uh, other teams have done business and we're not doing anything again. We're waiting again. <laughs> and you look yeah. at it and you're like, as we're recording this, this is the 11th of January. We're a third yeah. of the way through the window, right? And it's yeah. like, I feel like the, the players that have gone out, sorry, the players that have moved already, like for the most part, I don't think a lot of them are like, oh, cool, that's a really great signing. They just got in there and got it over line and got it done. To me, they're more like kind of panic moves. Where they're like, mm. oh, no, we need to bring someone in right now and we can't even afford to wait because we need the points ASAP and we just have to get someone in. So, all right, who's available? I'll continue on loan. Let's do that. And Option buy, fine. Let's do that. Fine. Easy, done. Um, so I, I'm not that worried yet about this stage of the window. And then, again, what you get back from that is <laughs> like, well, you know how Spurs always do business we always leave it to the last minute and then Daniel Levy sends it through the next day and he's like oh can we still get it through and it never happens um but it's like look <laughs> like let's just relax a little bit like Conte has not been here that long to be honest and I don't think you want to be rushing with this um mm. and it's like I I honestly think we are going to sign a player or two this window I would be so shocked if we signed no one but having said that I think we're still going to see like more of the rebuild around what Conte really wants at the end of the season. Because mm -hmm. the summer window, it's so hard to do business there because what clubs want to lose their player um, <laughs> in January, halfway through a season? Because that screws them over so much. Especially you've got a player like, for example, Vlaovic for Fiorentina, who everyone's gone crazy about. And it's like, he's like, I think top scorer in Serie A. He said he wants to finish the season at Fiorentina because he wants to leave after leading them to the highest position possible that he can. And he wants to probably like win Serie A golden boot, like <laughs> something like that. Yeah. So to <laughs> complain like we're not signing Vlaovic now, we're not doing this, it's like Fiorentina, we're going to pay over the odds for the, <laughs> to get this player anyway now. And we, he doesn't even want to leave. 
So mm. it's so that's why it becomes difficult to play to sort of buy in January. And it's not just a thing that like club executives say to get people off their back. Like they say it mm. because it is difficult to actually get good value signings at this stage in the season. Unless yeah. you get a really old Louis Saha and Ryan Nelson in. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's yeah, I just don't think that's a lie. Like it's not like they're just like, okay, tell the fans that there's no good value and we can't do anything and then we could keep on playing uh Animal Crossing on our <laughs> Nintendo Switches, me, Steve Hitchin, and you, Paratici, <laughs> and we do nothing. Like that's not what's happening. Like these very high pressure jobs. They are not just farting around. Like I just also the other thing is we just I mean I'm making that assumption, but we don't know, right? Like we don't know what the yeah. process is. We don't know. There was even like I saw so much panic about the fact that um oh well uh, Conte was meant to meet with Levy and and Hitchin and Paratici. But nothing. It's like, yeah. They're not going to call you <laughs> and be like, so this is how the meeting went. These are the minutes. Um, like, what? Definitely. It's just not going to happen. They're not going to leak that to the press. Like, that's not that's not how it works. I mean, we also get these situations where we've got players that we're looking to sell or that we want to sell. And, like, as fans, we're claiming we want to sell this player, we want to sell that player, we want to sell that player. Like, get them out now. Sell them all in this window. <laughs> but, yeah. this again, this is a window where it's very difficult to get, like, clubs to pay big money moves. <laughs> Um, for anyone as well. So if we were to sell Ndombele for 20 million, I'm sure we could actually sell him this window for 15, 20 million to someone. But mm. can you imagine the outrage from fans who were like, the club's not going to put themselves in that situation where the fans are going to be like, you paid 60 million for this player and you only sold them for 15. <laughs> you are the worst, blah, blah, blah. And it's just going to pile on like that. So it's like really the only options that we see for some of these players to go are going to be these like loan to buy moves where we're mm. going like, cool, take a double A on loan because we just don't even want him. And then there's a buy option for like 50 mil at the end of the season um, and then we're just praying so much that he like goes to Serie A and completely dominates and becomes like this incredible player. And then the club's like, yep, we'll pay that money for him. But we're not going to get like straight sales of the figures that we sort of, we, us fans would demand. So it's just like, it's such, that's why it's such a difficult period to sort of do business in here. Like it's, it's like having said all that, I still think we're going to try and if there are some deals to be had, like Traore for 20 million to me is a really good deal. So I think if we've got those sort of things happening, that's where I can see us doing some business. Yeah, exactly. I'm just looking because I remembered I'd seen um, Inch tweet, which is windy, about GLC and how we'd watched back the um, second half and that GLC actually had a pretty good second half and he had, uh, what was it, like six um, score or six uh, forward and the comments are horrendous, like horrendous. To Windy's credit, he then replies, "Was like, why do you think this? No reply. Like, <laughs> there's um. Did you notice how he fell over more than others? What? What? Like, I would, I would love that if that's like the analysis after the game, like when they go into the studio, and they're like, so what yeah. were your thoughts? Um, Michael Owen on uh, uh, Desant. Uh, so uh, Le Celso after this game, it's like, well, did you notice that he fell over more than other people did? Because <laughs> yeah. I noticed he fell over a few times. 
You'd be yeah. like, what on earth? This is just rubbish. Um, <laughs> sort of analysis. I think this is like, you know, this always just proves to us like why, you know, Twitter, you get back into it and you're like, all right, cool. You will put up posts. Oh, we'll go back and forth a bit. And then you just like, you put up something that people disagree with and then it, it's never a competent argument. It just always descends into like just absolute rubbish, basically. Yeah. I think, I can't remember who it was, but I, I put up a post and then someone replied with something gross and like just obviously very emotion-filled. Um, and my reply was like, this is why I disagree with you, one, two, three, four. And then they commented like, you didn't need to write an essay. It's like, what, what do you want? What do you want from me? Um, yeah. It's the too cool response. It's the too cool yeah. response. Yeah. Like, oh, nice one, nerd. And you're like, yeah. Yeah. okay, that doesn't answer anything. Yeah, <laughs> so. sweet. Nice, nice, nice. Um, before we finish up, I did want to ask you, I've got a little list here, Dan, and I want to ask you whether you would sell or keep uh, okay. players. Great. Great. I've tried to avoid the obvious one, so there's no end on ballet. Oh, you've got to um, give me the pleasure of being able to say sell on that one, surely. Okay. I'll, I'll add him in, just so you can say it. But um, That's what I was like, as list. soon as you said the list, that's what I was looking forward to the most. Yeah, straight. Okay, okay, okay. I want to fulfill your fantasies of that. So, all right, here we go. Right. Okay. Would you sell La Celso? Yes, because mm-hmm. injury prone, not because I don't think he's actually got a good he's a good player there. Sure. Yep. Cool. Harry Winks. No. Oh, yes. <laughs> um <laughs> uh, Joe Roden. No. And I'm assuming as well, like this is selling them for like a predicted value. Not yep. like, yep. would you sell Joe Roden for half a billion pounds? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is just like close to their market value, like not yeah, their yeah. height value, just the return we would get from them is similar to what we paid. We wouldn't right? win or lose financially in the No, transfer. no, there's yeah, no cool. win or loss here. Yeah. Um, I would keep you know, Joe. I would keep Joe. Okay. Sanchez. I would sell. You would sell. Okay. Uh, Lucas. Keep. Hard keep at the moment for, yeah. uh, for Lucas. Kane. Oh, Kane is such an interesting one because I'm like, if he still is a bit snaky on the inside, mm. then I kind of am tempted to sell on the promise that this is reinvested into like, like if you said you could swap Kane for like Vlavic, I'd be like, okay, I'll do that. Yep. Oh, with maybe a little bit more on top financially for, mm-hmm. to, to get mm-hmm. back. But I think... Yeah, I, I get until Kane gives me my um, sends me my little card in the mail, which is like I'm sorry for how I hurt you. Um, <laughs> then I will personally say sell at the moment. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, if I was like able to go, this is a horrendous uh, analogy, but if I was able to go back in time and be, you know, like Starlight or or one of those kids charities do a fantastic job in linking up. Uh, sick kids with sporting heroes or pop heroes. If I was in that position and I would be like, get me Harry Kane on the phone to apologize. (laughs) And and they'd be like, we can't do that. And I'd be like, that's all I want. That's all I want. (laughs) That's all I want. And I'd be consistent with it to the point where they are like, we have to get Harry Kane (laughs) to apologize. That, that reminds me, was it in basketball where they did that? I think they're like, there was a, a sick, like a dying kid in that, like, you have mm. to promise that you're going to win the championship. Yeah. And they're like, um, I don't think we can do that. You have to promise or I'll die. Okay, fine, we promise. And then I think they lose. <laughs> <And> then, <Yeah. laughs> 
Oh, but you heartless, you heartless person. You yeah. promised that you'd win. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, I've forgotten what you said for Sanchez. Did you say yes or I no? I said sell, sell, sell. Sell. I'd sell Sanchez. Cool. And you said no to Lucas and Kane is is uh, conditional, but you need it's yes or no. No, I'll go, I'll go yes to Kane. I'm like in a position where I'm happy to roll the dice a bit. Sweet. Son. <laughs> Absolutely not. Great. Larice. No. No. Delhi. Yes. Mm-hmm. End on ballet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but after that, I'm like, the- you know what? I think I'd actually keep him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I reckon. Give him a second chance. Um, so, yep. So that's so, it. Oh, so. I mean, I left off Doherty as well, but Doherty or Doherty, oh, whatever it is. That giant marshmallow, I would sell. Yeah, yeah great. Okay, cool. All right, that's the list. Um, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like I – to clarify as well, like I'm not uh, someone who's sitting here calling for like we need to turn over the full squad right now, yeah, let's yeah. do it. But it's just like if these were the players – like if we were playing FIFA and we were going through each player and going make, uh, you know, transfer list, transfer list, transfer list, mm. then I would put all of those up for transfer list, ding, and then we'd hopefully sell three or four maybe um, yeah, yeah. and go from there and sort of reinvest. I would also like, you know, if in this hypothetical, if you're like, oh, if you sell Kane, Conte's going to leave. We'll be like, well, then I'll be like, well, okay, fine. We'll keep Kane. But like, just, yep. I think like, you know, we're in a position now that I, and as we spoke earlier about like record signings and all this, like I would love to trust Paratici and Conte and see what they can do without needing to splash record amounts for players and, and make some moves. Like not to go back to it, but Adama for 20. Um, mm-hmm. If you get me some other players who are like, you know, 30, 30 million around that, 20 to 40, anything like that. Um, and they're players that Conte is really keen on. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. And let's kind of really build this squad in the image of a manager that they, what they really want. Um, yeah. 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 So I, I should uh, make it clear that in setting this up, the point was that they don't all go. It's just, as you said, they join the list um, totally. of players that could go. Um, now, my second question is, out of all the Spurs players that are currently playing or are currently able to play, uh, who would you re-sign? Oh, as in like re-sign to a longer deal? Resign. They resign for as long a deal as you want. Yeah, as yeah. in, they're at different clubs now. We've sold them. Oh, okay, You can cool. bring them back for one year. Cool. I thought you were kind of like, oh, what place would you extend the contract of? And I'm like, all right, uh, I'll extend Son's contract uh, for even longer. Um, okay, who should, who could we re-sign? Mm. Like, to me, I feel like, to me, Ericsson is a bit stuck in the past, but given that, has he been released from Inter on a free? Or is he? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I would. I would re-sign Ericsson on a free. I think mm-hmm. that would be worth doing. Um, I would. So, I, I would probably re-sign Vertonghen, um, not even to play him, but just mm. because I miss him, mm. and I f- I I'm pretty sure like I cried at the end of All or Nothing when Vertonghen was leaving, because it was oh. just like so sad to see him go and knowing that he wanted to stay as well, mm. but just seeing as well that he'd slow down a little bit, uh, you know, and, and all that sort of stuff. And it was like, I'm not saying it was a bad decision to let him go, but I miss him being around. Mm-hmm. Um, apart from that, there's probably like not many other players that like really sort of come to mind mm-hmm. there because you go someone like, Oh, Dembele. And I'm like, well, Dembele is, he's a broken man. <laughs> he's, 
he's done. He's like, it just, his body just sort of broke down and need to sort of, sort of move off. I, I possibly would sign, I'd probably get Bale back in, to be honest. Um, Cause I'd be like, I, I, what Conte would do with Bale in there. And I think he showed from last season, like he can still play a role in scoring some goals. And, and if he, especially if he had a manager who kind of maybe believed it a bit more. Um, but I'd say they'd probably be the, the sort of main ones. Like, is there anyone yep. else that comes to mind for you? Because I, I just can't even remember, like, unless we're talking, like, plays like Foyth and stuff like that. But I, That was my number I, one. That was Foyth. your number one? I'd get Foyth back straight away. And then I'd go, similar to you, I'd go Ericsson. Similar to you, I was going to do the same thing with Vertonghen, where I was like, just get him back. And then he just can do whatever he wants. Like, just have <laughs> him at the he, training ground. It's like, just, you're not here to play. Out. <laughs> yeah, he's just playing Uno. Like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> his job is a professional Uno player just in the training room. Yep. Uh, but, but, sorry, the dressing room. Before. Like, I would be so happy for that. Like, he's the sort of player that, um, like, I was so happy when they're like, oh, Michael Dawson is now a club ambassador. I'm like, oh, <sighs> so good yeah. because I love Dawson so much. Um, and it's like, you just want players like that involved with the club, similarly with like Ledley King as well. And it's like, I would love to see Vertonghen back at the club in some sort of capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, and whatever he wanted to do, even if he's like, "Hey, I'm really into dishwashing now," I'll be like, "All right, great, work in the canteen." Sweet, like yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. We'll pay you a lot of money to do that. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, I would love that. The question is, I don't think we're going to sign a striker, but we just need to so bad. And I, I figured that you might bring up um, your favorite, Big Vin. Um. But he he uh, escaped your uh, attention there. Was that just by forgetting or um, do you no longer want him? I love that your previous question was like it was planned to lead into Big Vin, hoping that I would launch into a big celebration of like, Vinicius has got to be number yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. You're like, all right, plan B, need to try and get him back in. Um, uh, see – if his market value was like 40 mil or 50 mil or something, I think that was like the option to buy. It was buy 40, was wasn't it? 40. Yeah. yeah and no I'm like, I just get kind of like Joel Linton vibes mm-hmm. um, from, and I just purely am going on like a, a 40 million pound striker um, who has a lot of, pro- but actually, I mean, Vinicius has a much better scoring record than Joel Linton. But I guess like, I don't think he necessarily proved that he was worth 40 million. Um, if he was much cheaper, I would have been all back for, for Vinicius to come back in. Um, but yeah, I just like, if that's his rate, but then again, that's kind of what Pierre, um, that's kind of what Benfica are placing on him as a value. But I think if you paid fair market value for him, um, which I think is closer to 20 to 30, then I'd take him back as a, a backup striker because I'm like, I think we need someone and it's so hard. Again, we fans complain all the time, but it's so hard to get someone in who's going to play like second fiddle to Kane. Like you mm. almost need a bit of a combo striker winger who could play alongside Kane as well as playing up front with him. Because like if you're a young player and you're like the the king of your club, like you're not going to go, yeah, you know what? I'm going to leave and play back up to this guy who basically owns the club. <laughs> like as in like mm. he's not dropped as long as he's fit. Like it's just not happening. So I think that's yeah. where I kind of sit sit on yeah, that. Yeah, totally. Yeah, cool. I agree. I guess I was just going to ask that from the players that I said I would sell, would there be any that you would keep? 
Um, ooh. See, I'd keep Kane, um, but apart from that, I probably oh, – I've got my four-game window on Geo to prove that he's worth it. <laughs> if he gets injured in those four games, he's gone. Fantasy land. <laughs> He's going to get so injured and then he'll just be like absolutely sparkling fit whenever Argentina play in February. Yeah. 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 I, I think that, to be fair, I think that narrative is so unfair on him. <laughs> like it's not like <laughs> he's – the narrative is like that he plays for Argentina and then he's like, oh, Spurs can't be – bothered and then, you know like <laughs> pretends to be injured when it's happened a couple of times it's been unfortunate injured for some stupid reason the whole time we've had him after having no injuries um at beat us or or psg like I, I i really want him to do well but yeah four games he's got four games so check back in with me in four games and i'll uh, make a call there okay we'll come back to, <laughs> to that one then um yeah. But then, and I guess look, the one thing we didn't really touch on uh, was just that, like Son out for like possibly four or five weeks, mm. uh, maybe with a little hammy. So yeah. again, I feel like, yeah, we're gonna have to see someone. We get there's gonna be some movement. There's gonna be something's gonna happen. I don't know exactly what it is, but some movement will happen here. Um, otherwise, I think like there will be a revolt, <laughs> basically. Yeah. Yeah, totally, um, totally. I'm it hoping it's like the the uh, Jose Son hamstring, where Jose was like, "Oh, it's a bad one. He's going to be out for ages," and then he was back in for the next game. Yeah. Um, that's the case. Oh, <laughs> uh, definitely. I also love with like those sort of injuries, like you know, us normal common folk. Like if we go play futsal, we get an injury, and we're like, "Oh, this is ooh, this is hamstring. This could be three, four weeks." And then it's like mm. twelve weeks later, you're like, well, "It's still not quite good." <laughs> yeah. But then I know these players have like you know the best sort of medical sort of treatments and stuff in the world for these sort of things. But we still just expect like, "Oh, well, hang on, it could, maybe it's a two week, maybe it's a two week up for the hamstring." And we've seen what happens when Kane comes back when he's not fit. <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll 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 see what happens there, but. Yeah, poor Sonny. Yeah, poor Sonny. So next we've got Chelsea and then we have Arsenal. Um, uh, what a time. Um, this, I think, is the end for this week. Um, if you have made it this far, give us five stars on Spotify. <laughs> we forgot to bring it up that now there's oh, yeah. a rating system on Spotify. Yeah, just go for it. Um, or don't if you don't. Well, if you're um, an Apple if you're an Apple person on Apple Podcasts, give us... Give it for some reason. I thought you said give us four stars on Spotify. Oh, no. <laughs> and I was gonna like my mind was like, you better pick this up, Dad, before we get, but you didn't. You just said five. Yeah, no, I said five. Yeah. Um, but I was like, don't give us four, give us five. That'd be nice. Um, mm. and then if you're on Apple, you know, we'd love some more ratings and stuff there because it uh, anything helps uh, to mm. sort of spread this around. And you know, I think moving forward, uh, we're gonna create a, a sort of Discord sort of uh, you know, in the mm. next couple of weeks. So that we can, uh, you know, have some, uh, you know, more targeted chats with uh, with everyone who listens that, you know, doesn't get into yucky, yucky Twitter lead. Yeah, exactly. The pure people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much for listening. Um, I've been Barney. I've been Dan. And come on, you Spurs. You've been listening to A Bit Spursy. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Email us at hello at abitspursy.com and subscribe via your usual podcast platforms.